0: You are in the studio with the Edutech Project. This is episode 7. In this episode we are giving away a free ticket to the Edutech Summit worth £75. The Edutech Summit is our schools technology summit taking place on the 29th of June 2018 in Lancashire in the north of England. All you have to do is submit a video to Flipgrid.
1: And on that video, you will be sharing what edtech tool you're using and what's your current favourite this month. Uh, how you're using it in the classroom, how it's saving you time, how it's leading to student outcomes and progress. Um, all you need to do is go to Flipgrid.com if you're on a browser and put in the code 88dd0e, or do it on the app. The same code. Uh, we'll be putting that all the information about that in the show notes and out on social media. <laughs>
0: You have to decide, we're going to try to do things differently, provided that they're better. One child, one teacher can change the world. Education is the only solution. Let's think beyond the normal stuff and and have an environment where that sort of thinking is encouraged and rewarded and where it's okay to fail. You are
1: in the studio with the EduTech Project. And now your hosts, coming to you from Northern England, Dan Fitzpatrick and Ben Whittaker.
0: You are in the studio with the EduTech Project. You are very welcome. My name is Dan Fitzpatrick. And I'm Ben Whitaker. Got some exciting things coming up for you on today's episode. Yeah. We have got a discussion. Me and Ben are going to be talking about the future of education, what that looks like. Um, how schools might be changing
1: in the coming years and tied into that we're probably going to be talking about this in our tool feature which is we're going to be looking at YouTube today
0: yeah, we're also going to be looking at updates in the world of EdTech and G Suite. Got a few nice little updates to talk about.
1: And then we're going to be giving you some people to follow to carry on building your online PLN. You can get involved with the show through Twitter at The edutech Pro. And on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash The edutech Project. Uh, so you can send us an email, theedutechproject at gmail.com. And all of the information from all of our shows are involved in the show notes. All you need to do to get all of those show notes is www.theedutechproject.com slash podcast.
0: And then there's loads of clickable links in that as well. Yeah, don't forget, we've also got lots of uh, giveaways. If you leave a review on iTunes, you'll be in for a chance to win a t-shirt, an Edutech Projects t-shirt. Should we get on with it, Dan? Let's go for it. Yeah, man. It's time for that feature of the week where we look at upgrades for G Suite and EdTech in general. We've got a few uh, really exciting upgrades to talk to you about this week. The first one is macros within Google Sheets.
1: Yeah, so some of you who are uh, tech nerds might be using um, Google Sheets or, or have been using Excel. One of the big things that people have been asking for is uh, macros. They have been in Excel for a long time and if you are using Google Sheets a lot you'll you and you didn't have that feature, the shortcuts to doing repeated tasks or a macro is something... That allows you to click a button and do like um, it's like a shortcut to do repeated tasks, really. And uh, Google Sheets have just offered that, which is great.
0: So that's a new update in Sheets. That's fantastic. If you're a tech nerd and you're into Sheets and Excel and all of that, that's a, it's an exciting one for G Suite. Yeah. Uh, the next one is a lot of you who are using edtech generally will know of the website Padlet. Um, essentially, just an electronic version of posted notes to use in class. Um, really clever. can um, do, do lots of things with it. Uh, but over the last couple of weeks, they've just announced that they are going to be. It's going to you're going to have to pay for it. Essentially, uh, there's a free version, but you're not going to get much with that. Uh, so you're going to have to pay for it. But ICT evangelist. Uh, who is a blogger in the UK, has come up with some alternatives that you can use. And he mentions websites such as lino.it, uh, Posted Plus, Wakelet, and um, he, he's written a blog about that.
1: Yeah, he has. And if you go to his website, uh, www.ictevangelist.com slash padlet goes paid, he talks about loads and loads of them and gives you some options for free because when Padlet went paid,
0: obviously people wanted to find a good alternative and he'd give us some there. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to be getting on that because I don't have the money to subscribe to Padlet now. If anybody wants to, wants to send down any money, his, his bank account number isn't. No, just, just, just kidding,
1: just kidding. The the best bit uh, of news this week, and if and if anybody has been in the Google world, the best bit of news that um, that we found is that the one part of the Google suite that we think needed a really big update because it looked old, looked a bit looked a bit dated, was Gmail. And surprise, surprise, Google have done some work on Gmail. That was that's been announced um, and has been put out into beta mode for for most people to have a try at. Um, and there's loads of cool features in that, in the
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. If you if you are going to Gmail and you're thinking actually it hasn't updated for me, all you have to do is go to the the cog icon in the top right hand corner and click try the new Gmail. As soon as you click it, uh, your Gmail interface is going to change and it looks really good. If you if you downloaded a few of the new Google updates recently, it's in this it's in a similar style. So the the boxes is a lot is a lot more rounded just looks generally a lot more uh, up to-date a lot more user friendly and there's there's some great new things you can do in that um, in terms of things like predicted replies so if someone if you're having a conversation with someone over Gmail, and you just want to say yeah, thanks or something like that. Uh, it will predict that for you, and you can just click that, and it will reply. And some other yeah. features are
1: yeah. So th- there's a side pane on the right hand side, um, which which is a lovely little uh, lovely little feature where you can t- uh, toggle between key and calendar and tasks um, a few other little, little features there that you can use um, that are right within, integrated within the interface which is which is a nice nice cool little Definitely, thing. I
0: think that's going to make life a lot easier for people who are using Gmail all the time, you know you get an, an email um, asking you to, to come to something at a certain time, you can just quickly open your calendar up on the right hand side, you get yeah. something you think actually I want to make a note of that, I will uh, just open up keep on the right hand side also, um, the, like Ben just mentioned, the, the new task icon, um, it has, and that's because Google have just released a new tasks app. Uh, which integrates nicely into Gmail, and you can download that app as a separate app on your phone. It's—I downloaded it. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a very basic app. If you're looking for a to-do list app that's going to revo- revolutionise your world, it's not going to be this app, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just—it's just very simple. Uh, you can—you uh, can input. Uh, a note uh with with uh, sub notes underneath that you can assign it a date um yeah just very simple and uh and i'm the if you're like me i'm the type of person who is always trying to uh, get my life organized and i'll, I'll go from <laughs> one to do list to a next um my uh, my fiance she, she's the same she's she, she 's just bought a whiteboard that we can write tasks on, and then she went out and bought another one because it was uh, it had days of the week written on it so we we 're forever trying to organize our lives and it 's just not it, it's it 's happening slowly uh, but yeah it's, it it can help you with that so i 'm giving it a go and I think the selling point for this for me is not that it 's just another to do app but that it integrates with gmail and and integrates with your calendar if you 're setting a date there. Yeah so if you're using G Suite if you're using the the Google apps then it's going to be a nice addition to that.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's also worth mentioning just to just to flick back to Gmail because obviously we we we're talking about a couple of things there is that is that it, it, they've now put this feature about nudging and high priority notifications. So if you're getting um because the machine learning of Google is going on behind the scenes, um it's realizing perhaps some things that you need to unsubscribe to that because you, you, you delete it every time. It's giving you some suggestions for that, but it also nudges you if there's some important emails that you haven't responded to or you haven't looked at. Um, it's pretty cool. There's some, some nice, clever little features in there.
0: Yeah, I like it. and I, and I, was, I was using Google released um, probably about a year or two ago now, the Inbox app. Yeah, which was which feels a lot like the new Gmail app to be honest, and the new Gmail interface. So if you've been using Inbox, then it's not going to be much of a leap to the new Gmail.
1: And it's cool, and it, and it just it's just pretty. And I think that's as much as anything they've they've needed to make it a little bit pretty because it did look a bit corny. Cool. So a great great set of updates there, and a few big a few big things as we go into this episode about the future world. <laughs> So let's get into the main feature of our episode today and the main feature we're going to be looking at is the future of education. Now we thought it'd be really good today to just have a look at some of the theory behind what the, the world's going to look like and therefore what education needs to look like and then maybe just have a, a little bit of a, a, a chat about about what we think education is going to look like. Yeah, we're going to get our crystal balls out and
0: <laughs> have a look at <laughs> what's, <happening>. yourself, <laughs> <laughs> have a look what's in the future. But uh, obviously... Oh,
1: <laughs> Mystic Meg. <laughs>
0: um, and yeah, just see what's, what's, what is what's on the horizon. So a lot of people, uh, a lot of organisations looking into that. And obviously it's, it's really essential for us as teachers because we want to be be preparing our students for the world that they will enter not the world that we entered or the world that people before us entered but the the future world that they will enter
1: yeah one of the things that i've been i've been listening to and it was it was interesting listening to uh casey and matt on the google teacher tribe recently and they were talking about let's not let's not get bogged down in um teaching to a test or something like that let's prepare students and and that's all well and good um (laughs) it's all well and good because we're going to be Judge based on exam results, but we're trying to, trying to put those things aside a little bit, because I don't think exam results or accountability and all those things are going to go away, but what we're going to look at today is, is potentially how um, the, the world of education is going to change and why it needs to change. So the first thing that that I, I was aware of, I think I mentioned um, when we first started chatting uh, a while ago, Dan, uh, a book by a guy who who is super influential in in my thinking is a guy called Daniel Pink, written a lot a of books. One of the books that he's written uh, is called A Whole New Mind, and in that book he talks about how the world is changing and we need to. Embrace the left and right brain thinking differently, Um, and it's not just it's not just hardcore right brain thinking where who have dominated the world that we've been in, and he suggests that there's three big change agents that have happened um, in, in the most in most recent society the first one is abundance the fact that we've got more stuff than we can ever ever imagine uh, more stuff at our fingertips easier access to that the second thing he talks about is Asia and he talks about how a lot of the skilled labour that we that schools are trained students for are has moved out to Asia so a lot of the that's um, that, that I don't know what's what's the word like production type work that's that's gone out of the uk in fact i live in a little town called Twistle in the north of england and the town next to us is called accrington and it was well known for all it having huge factories that employed thousands and thousands of people and and then overnight that that changed and they went to asia and there was a huge amount of unemployment yet we're still preparing schools children in schools for for skills like that. And we'll talk about what we mean by that. So that Asia and the third one is automation. And and this is something that we obviously get excited about when we're talking about machine learning and AI and all the stuff and AR that goes with it. But obviously that's changing the way that the world is. And because the way the world's changing, the way that we're having to rethink that, there's also sets of skills that we probably need to rethink in education. Yeah, Dan?
0: Yeah. um, I think it was... Mark Zuckerberg uh, from Facebook, who said that in fifteen years—and this was a few years ago—that he said this—in fifteen years, we'll be teaching programming just like reading and writing, and wondering why we didn't do it sooner. And I know us in the in the UK, um, the Department for Education is getting serious about programming and yeah. the skills that come with computer science. And I think it's it's true. A lot of our our students. Are already if their school's not providing it, are teaching themselves um, computer code. Now you were telling me before before yeah. we came on air, Ben, that about a child in your school today.
1: Yeah, so I was I was I was literally on duty in the library today. I know how, how ironic is that a duty in the library. It wasn't quiet. I didn't have to tell everybody to be quiet. But um, it, there, was a, there was a young young lad working on a the computer there, and uh, he had his headphones in. He was a year nine boy, so he's th- thirteen fourteen. And he was doing some massively complex uh, Python coding for a game that he that he was that he was creating, and he's just he's fourteen, thirteen, fourteen years old, and he was doing this the linguistics of uh, of Python and the programming of that, um, which which for those people who are into that kind of stuff um, is just second nature. But when when I'm looking over his shoulder, it's really it's really complex. Uh, Coding, colours, and, and, and symbols and whatnot. So, yeah. so, 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 yeah, it's that, and that's in the the IT or computer science curriculum now. And obviously, computer science has got a has got a much higher profile. And yeah. you have you, you, been playing about with um, one of Google's ideas of that. Have you done?
0: Yeah, uh, well, Google have brought a tool for for kids to. Till- to teach themselves or to be taught in a classroom environment how to program. It's called uh, Google CS First. Uh, CS stands for computer science. And it's just a way to introduce uh, young students into that world, really. Because, and, and Ben, you were saying before about about production-style jobs yeah. uh, moving to Asia. And even the production-style jobs that, that have remained in the UK, in the not-so-distant future, they're, they're going to be automated. They're yeah, gonna, yeah. like we, We're starting to see things like, if you think of a farm... We're starting to see the first automated farms mm. that are controlled by com- by computers, yeah. and and so the the person who maintains that is somebody who is trained in computer programming. So it's the skill. Say, for example, we might have won in the past. We might have trained somebody how to plow a field. Yeah, the skill for the future is how do we train somebody to program a computer to power fields
1: and to do that fast and efficient like obviously lots of the stuff to do with um self-driving cars and self-driving vehicles that's people who have been bus drivers or people who have been lorry drivers and 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 that's been a a staple part of their that that's been a staple part of the uk society hasn't it dan and 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 thinking thinking about how that's going to change in the next 15 20 years about well there's not going to be lorry drivers they're going to be driven there's either going to be drones or it's going to be lorries are going to be driven because it's safer and it's uh, because actually we were looking at some some data the other day that said that human error is is the cause of um, more road traffic accidents than anything else so human tiredness uh, human use of drugs or alcohol and also the fact that students humans (laughs) not just students humans are um, prone to making errors and the fact of a computer that's programmed to run algorithm. It's very, very unlikely to make errors. It will, it will still yeah. make errors, but that. Well, we we had those
0: cases recently of in in America. I think it was an Uber car that 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 unfortunately killed somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there are there are going to be errors, but that that's going to be improved. It's going to it's it, it's that technology is going to get better, isn't it? And I remember um, someone telling me recently um, that our children, the chances are, our ch- especially our children in primary school, yeah. Will never have to pass a driver's test. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, "Yeah, that it. That's true. That's that's amazing. That our young children will never ever have to my, pass a driver's my kids.
1: Test. My kids, and like my my kids are watching me driving, and now I've got an automatic car, which actually is probably just a lazy driver's car, and I love it. Um, but but automatic cars have been around for ages. We're talking about a whole different level of 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 technology. So then we're asking a question because we're not just talking about the future of the world we're talking about the future of education what does that look like and so we've got to start asking some questions really haven't we down about about what is the classroom looking like what is the school looking like what is the fabric of the building looking like what might what might that what might become
0: yeah it's 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 a question it's an it's a question that's going to shake the institutions of education i think Mm -hmm. and we we know that uh, a lot of the way our classrooms are designed, our schools are designed, and even a lot of newer schools, they're based on maybe how kids were taught a hundred years ago. Yeah. You know, you've got and and a hundred years ago when we when we were, especially the UK was a, a production company. It was it was producing manufacturing it and all was, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, it the way the classroom set up, you can kind of see that reflected in the classroom. So you have. You have kind of the teacher at the front of the room, almost like a foreman in a factory, who's who's telling students what to do, when to do it. Um, you have the bell rings and it's it's lunch break. The bell rings and it's and it's and it's a break. The bell rings. It's the end of the day. It's it's very much if you see if you kind of look at that that structure of of a school day and how a school traditionally runs, you can see a lot of re- reflections within kind of how a typical industry hundred years ago. Probably ran and and yeah, and I know I know schools have changed i 'm not saying that all schools are stuck a hundred years ago, but that 's not what I 'm saying because we have started to adopt those those new skills and those new new ways of working within education,
1: yeah and I, but also think about the the concept that we 've got to have well rounded young people that they've got to have done enough maths and enough English and enough science and then enough religious studies and enough and and they 've and they've got to have this rounded rather than and they spend an hour on that and then they move an hour somewhere else and an hour somewhere else and there are some flexible models that that are out there but the reality is is that 99% of schools are running on that kind of um, system and so is, is that preparing students for a world that that requires them to solve problems
0: yeah and I'm gonna I know we've talked about this quite a bit on previous episodes but we we do go back a lot to the The Economist report that was published uh, two years ago, uh, which was backed by Google uh driving the skills agenda where they where they interviewed executives of top companies around the world and also teachers people delivering education and they asked they asked the executives the question which of the following would you say are the most critical skills for employees in your organization today, and the top three problem-solving, team working, and communication. In fact, going down to the fourth one, critical thinking. And if that's what the, the workforce is screaming out for, and in fact, it, the same report said that within the next few years that problem-solving, the need for problem-solving was going to get even bigger. Yeah, They need people who are good at problem-solving. Are we providing students with the skills so that they can enter that workforce, mm. so that they can get a good job in that workforce and at the end of the day uh, there are different philosophies about education mm. uh, you know we you can look at education as uh, an end in itself yeah um to having a, a more fulfilled life through having education not necessarily to go and get a job to go and get uh, paid to but education as a good in itself yeah and that that is all well and good and i'm a, I'm a firm believer in that i'm a i'm a teacher of philosophy so i
1: you're yeah, there's not much you
0: can do with philosophy, so it's kind of <laughs> um, it, is, it don't, is. Don't tell any of our kids it, that. It is for the end in itself, really. But uh, but also, let's be realistic. Our, our students are not going to be philosophers stuck in a room pondering um, edu- pondering their education and just getting satisfaction from it alone. They, they, they're going to need the tools to survive in the world that that's available to them. So what do you think that's going to look like? I, 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 it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? What do you think the
1: classrooms are going to look like? We've talked about classroom design before, and that's something obviously that's, that's, that's on, really on my heart about the, the, that passive nature, so moving away from the foreman at the front. Who, who who directs that learning to, to allow the students to be a little bit more self-directed and autonomous. And I know there's been a lot of move towards that, but g- giving students choice. Uh, Casey Bell talks a lot about choice menus and giving students opportunities to, to develop a, a way of thinking. So perhaps um, project-based learning so that you, a student is, is, is given a problem and then they've got to solve that problem, but whichever way they want to do, they've, they've got a certain amount of resources. They've got a certain amount of time, and there's some constraints because the the fact is, the world that they're going to go into will have constraints. But you have fewer constraints, like a, a one hour. You might say that this is going to last for longer. Are you going to have project based days? Are you are going to be flexible with your curriculum, your timetable, to allow teachers to have a longer amount of time with students?
0: Yeah, and and that the driving the skills agenda asked the question to teachers to incorporate 21st century skills in any way into your daily teaching what are the biggest challenges you have faced and um the top one uh, by far was the lack of time and mm. um, standard they said a standard curriculum is too demanding and strictly enforced yeah so and i guess we, you, I mean, you're talking Ben about how do we, how do we structure the classroom? How does the, how do we, how are students going to learn, um, so that they can, they can attain those skills needed for the workforce? But again, then we've got those, we've got teachers there saying that there's, there's a pressure of time. And yeah. I mean, we, we teach exam, exam students, GCSE, A level students, and the, the amount of content you've got to get through. We talked about this with Casey Bell a few episodes ago, but the amount of content you've got to get through. How how can you step back and and be creative? Experiment when when that time and that yeah. content pressure is on. I think I think there's 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 a few there's a few ways lines of thinking of this. I think one of them
1: is about taking a risk, and that good learning is 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 irrelevant of um, masses of content. So if 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 you can, I suppose you can rethink the the way that you deliver information because once on a day we thought we have to get through this information in the one hour that we've got with this student this day. Yeah. Well, obviously, that's not true. And we can look at um, the flip learning models and all the kind of stuff that they can learn the information beforehand. And then our job is to embed that and, and facilitate the understanding, the evaluation of it, the, the top skills. So actually, you can put a bit more emphasis on knowledge, content, get plowing through that onto students. Obviously, you've got to have some level of accountability and some level of... Um, uh, support from 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 yeah. parents and whatnot, but ultimately that that solves to some extent the issue of content. And, and one of the one of the big things about that is about risk, and it's about trying things and 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 not being afraid and and having actually a set of 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 leaders in schools and policymakers in school in 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 education that are saying, do you know what? Um, that we know we're not we're not messing about with kids' education because it's important, but we we really feel that this this system isn't setting students up for the world that they're going to be living in. Yeah. So so why not have a go, try something, and risking it, and and, and perhaps even these these twenty percent time, or do you know that the, the, mm. a lot of people talk about twenty
0: percent? When when you were talking there, I was I was thinking exactly the same thing. There, you, you know how uh, a lot of lot of innovative companies. The you have to work on what you're paid for for eighty percent of your time, but then twenty percent of the time that the company pays you for, you can work on anything you want. Yeah, and there's some great things come from that as well. Um, the Google cardboard VR headset came from a Google employee. Google Earth did. Yeah, yeah. So just from people and and I think what's important in it, and you just touched on that, is the risk element, and I, and that is the world that the students are going to be going into. Yeah. A student who goes into a workforce in the future who isn't willing to risk and be innovative, yeah, won't go far. Yeah, will, will just stagnate in the position they're at.
1: I was listening to a, a podcast, and uh, on that podcast there was um, there was a little bit of a quote or a, a, a an excerpt from Astro Teller. If, if any of you have heard of Astro Teller, he's a wonderful human being. He runs. He's the um, the. the the top top man, the, the moonshot engineer, I think they call him, uh, at Google X, the, the project where they're trying to do 10 times thinking, 10x thinking, I think we've talked about this before. And he, and he, he literally says that schools have got to be a, in, in a position or the world's got to be in a position where we are solving problems, finding big issues, thinking not just what the next task is or what the next um, pay packet is or what the next job is, but w- how can we totally rethink this? So I think about this from an point of view and um because we teach religious studies perhaps like the nature of reality well we've got to look at platonic ideas about reality maybe aristotelian ideas about um about reality and even Kant's and some of the other things what does reality look like well wh- why not say um give give students a, pr- a project to say well what what is real and just say to students okay you've got a self-organized learning environment this soul that's 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 well well respected here's the issue. And I know you did that. You used a Google Sites project for something similar, didn't you, Dan?
0: Yeah, I did. Um, and, I, and I'm not saying that it, it's perfect, but I, I, wanted to, I wanted to risk it. Yeah. And, and I was in a really good position where the one of the music teachers in the school that I work in was going on maternity. I was asked to, to cover one of her classes for... No, sorry, she wasn't going on maternity. She was having an operation, yeah, and she was, was going to be out for about six weeks. And I was asked to cover one of her classes for six weeks... And I could continue doing some... I could teach music, which, uh, although I do like music, I wasn't too keen on that. Mm. Or I could uh, do some extra um, religious studies curriculum with them, so, which is the one I opted for. But I decided to do it inquiry-based. Yeah. So the first lesson, I give them the question, if aliens landed on this earth and they looked at religion, would they see it as a force for good or a force for evil? And that was literally the question and then we together as i had 30 students we together looked at different avenues that could take um so we could 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 these aliens look at um but that wasn't directed by you either was it it wasn't just directed by you it was directed by the students yeah exactly yeah so in in looking at those different subcategories then the students decided to to get into smaller groups take the subcategories each and then go and do their own research i kind of i put a a structure in place for them so i designed a, a google doc workbook that they would work through as they went along on that journey but it it, it tried i tried not to restrict them yeah. um so they were able to to branch out in any way they wanted and then at, at the end of the day they had to come back each design a web page uh, for a, a google site website that they would then theoretically give these aliens the link to the website and it would present that information to them but it was it was and it was by no means perfect it was it was a risk uh, some of the students didn't enjoy it at all they were, they were totally out of their comfort zone they they they. in fact i remember one student a couple of weeks in pleading with me to go back to to, to teaching them <laughs> content um yeah to and and i was just i was trying to get the message across that again and we, we talk about this quite a bit that I 'm not the expert in the room yeah um, each one of us are bringing our own experiences yeah I'm trained it's my job to, to keep you on, keep the students on track to give guidance but just because I've got a degree in whatever I've got a degree in doesn't mean I'm a world expert in it yeah there and peop-
1: any fight in fact the experts are um, are in the hands of the students and I think that's the thing obviously students are, are learning stuff but we often we often try and get students to do things without Google. Don't Google it. Well, imagine if we yeah. imagine that's not the real world. When they go into the real world, they're not saying, "Okay, I want you to um, find find a way to." Improve sales in in, yeah. in this organization, but you can't use Google to do it. Well, that's that's ridiculous because you're going to be googling who the, who the local competition are, what they're offering. You're gonna do you're gonna use that, and yet we in schools are saying don't do that. Yeah. And so so a lot of the time we're we're kind of <laughs> battling against things that we don't need to. I, I I did a similar kind of project, not a Google Sites project, but I did a a collaborative slide deck, and I think I've talked about this before, where um I gave um a link to a, a slide deck that i'd prepared for students and then said okay you you are now going to develop your understanding of it was discipleship actually and i got students to um to to add their own information and and then it became a collaborative thing that everybody had and so you know this you know they say that um when you're all work, when you're working together what you create is greater than i don't know what there's a proverb about it what you create um Collectively is better. Yeah, the than,
0: the sum is greater than the yeah
1: the the, the parts that the that one
0: collection of the individual parts. Yeah, yeah,
1: and the sum absolutely was what the students had in the end was a a, a really smart let's set of slide decks that they could use going forward um, that that had come from them developing and only doing a small amount. Yet they the, what they got out of that for each other and from each other was was more than
0: just the detail, wasn't it? Yeah, and that relates back to the the Economist report that that blatantly says that workplaces are becoming more team oriented yeah. nobody nobody now in a, in most in most industries in most workplaces nobody is expected to get a job done on their own it's, yeah. it's virtually non-existent anymore you they're encouraged to work as a team to work with one another and and i think that and i don't know how how you know we we kind of a part of this conversation is us imagining it as well yeah you know like you, know, you talk about moonshotting um, what, what could what could the classroom look like? Does it does it become a, a cafe style environment? Mm. Um, not that we we become a barista and start serving coffees to the kids, but do you know what I mean? Like the like do we do we have? Would you like caramel in that latte? <laughs> which uh, I don't Which know. coffee shop are you going to? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But do you know what I mean? So yeah, is, yeah. The, is the classroom designed for for teamwork? Yeah. Um, do we have? And I've seen. Uh, I've seen some American schools have have now got desks that have that have uh, wheels at the front, so you can easily just tip them and move them around. So, yeah. so students can 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 quickly get into teams. Um,
1: Lords, load, of classrooms haven't got whiteboards at the front. Students have got individual devices. The fact that they're not they've not got seats. Yeah. Um, Matt Miller talked about the idea that he doesn't have a seat uh, at his desk anymore. He stands at his desk, and the students are moving. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's so cool that. You know that's that's that 's out of the box thinking now they 're not massive, massive issues, but the, literally we 're having to rethink how things work um and I know that they 're talking in in some countries about removing walls and people don 't like that and it's it 's a little bit out there but i, I am i 'm realizing that my best work is done when i 'm not when i 'm flexible yeah. um when i 've got obviously got pressure to do things, but when i 've got a little bit of creativity I like music on in the background well. That's backwards in terms of some schools, but and I think this is important, Dan. You, you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation about how it's about a system. We still live in a system where the students have got to go into an exam hall with a with a, on a desk on their own, with a with a pen and a piece of paper, and ultimately um, sit a, a paper based exam for two hours on that topic. So if we don't don't do that properly, then we've, we've got to be really We've got to still in the system that we're in. Make sure that the learning yeah comes to that outcome.
0: And I think there will be people listening to this thinking like, "Come on, guys! Um, like, w- the education is not just about let's see how the kids work. Like, there still needs to be an element of discipline. There needs to be an element of of structure. Yeah, you know, we talk about um, especially." And probably all over the world, but in the UK, like a lot of a lot of our students aren't getting the the structure, the discipline they need at home. So school is providing that for them as well. Mm. And I totally, totally get and agree that that discipline and structure is is vital, is absolutely vital. And and we can't be treating students like adults just yet. Although we can we can progress to that through yeah. through the school years, but. I think the important thing is, and we're just we're 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 just imagining here, yeah, we're not saying a, a classroom should be like a cafe we're <laughs> just we're we're imagining we're like, somebody experiment with it, someone do it do a six week trial where they they turn the classroom into that, see what are the what are the positives what are the negatives of that and then take the positives away from that and see how can you implement that into the traditional classroom style and you know i think it's it's going to be increments like that i don't i'm not i don't think we're saying let 's shut down schools and open up um, off like one of these new um fancy office spaces like what might what you 'd find at Google with table tennis tables and snooker tables and pods for people to have cool meetings in and Mm. USB chargers and the chairs, stuff like that, <laughs> which I love. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's going to come with with trial and error, isn't it? Yeah, I, I,
1: I think we would love to hear from you guys if you're if you're doing some of this stuff, uh, especially our friends over the pond. I know that you're you're trying trying lots of stuff um, in in classroom design and in in rethinking stuff. We'd love to hear from you, so please do get in contact with us through social media uh, or, or or emailing us too. We'd love to hear that. <laughs> So today's tool that we're going to be talking about in this episode is YouTube, and I I think it's it's a crazy crazy thought that a hundred hours of content is uploaded every minute on YouTube and. Um, we need to start using it in our classroom, so we're going to we're going to talk about how YouTube might be a really
0: good tool to use as teachers. Yeah, the second biggest search engine in the world after Google. In the past, only a select few got to be on the screen, uh, but now with the the advent of YouTube and how. I, in fact, I was listening to an interview with Bill Gates this morning, and he talked about how it was on Radio Four. He talked about how the internet has become mainstream, and how it, when it first started, it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be a mainstream yeah, tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think that mainstream element has made video platforms such as YouTube and so big, and has allowed anybody to broadcast themselves.
1: Yeah, and in fact. This, this career of YouTuber... They just put an R on the end of it... And it becomes a career... YouTuber is is a, is, is, is the career of choice... According to a, a, an article in the Daily Mail... Sorry, I know I've quoted the Daily Mail... But according to an article in the Daily Mail in 2017... It said that it's the number one career choice... Of over 75% of children between the ages of 6 and 17... And one in five want to have their own channel... So you think oh. about that the, the kids are, are loving YouTube... And in fact, if you're not using YouTube in your classroom... Or even um, using content from it uh, in your own life, then you're actually doing something that your kids aren't doing. So maybe coming further and further out of touch as an educator. So, so we want to just talk about how you could perhaps use that. And and one of the things that I think is important is understanding that that YouTube can be one of two things. Well, it can be more than one of two things, but we want to talk about two things here. One, it's a curation tool, so you can collect uh, videos and resources that you can use. But also, it can be used as a creation tool for students and teachers too.
0: What about, um, I know a lot of teachers will be saying, well, first of all, our firewalls at school means that YouTube can't get through, so... Another school I work in, students aren't able to access YouTube only the teachers can, and also some of that's for a good reason because yeah, you yeah. don't want um, children getting on to X-rated content on YouTube. Uh, is there a way around that?
1: Yeah, uh, the, the best way really is, is, is teaching students about being good digital citizens, and that's something that I think um, is important and the understanding of safeguarding. But you can actually, if you want to lock down certain things, you can whitelist domains so that only... Students can only look at youtube channels that you've that you 've approved, um, so you can do that if you if you want to but i think i think it's it's teaching students more than anything else about being able to be trustworthy and about using it properly and in fact it's, it's one of the, it's one of those things that, i don 't know if I ever talked about this on the podcast Dan but i uh, when I first started teaching in um, in in r e in two thousand and whenever it was it was ages ago Um, we used Play-Doh 2000 the 1990s have have I talked to you about my my use of Play-Doh no. No. So Play-Doh was like, that was the thing that teachers were using, getting students high to tech. model... <laughs> high tech. Students to model um, a scene or model an idea. You give them a, a thought, and then they've got to make it into a model plasticine. And so what we what we knew that students were going to do, they were going to make a certain type of symbol. It does not take a rocket scientist to realise what kind of thing a student was going to make with a blob of plasticine, a uh, Play-Doh, sorry. And so what we did is we as teachers we preempted that and we knew that what they were going to do so we made one first let them all laugh about it and and knew what it was going to be and then the students had got it out of the system it was done and so what happened then is that students got onto the task of what you're asking them to do without being distracted so you might say where on earth is that linked to this youtube thing i suppose you can teach them the dangers of of what it could what it could lead to and why you wouldn't want to use it before um you get them to use it Appropriately in a classroom and i think i think obviously understanding that students if you've if you've taught them that level of trust and taught them that level of what it means to be a good digital citizen and to be safe which is probably a precursor to using youtube then i think then i think that's that's the way to do it but from a from a school point of view whitelisting is 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 a is a a whole um way to, to to manage that
0: yeah, and I think um, the, the possibilities for outside of the classroom learning. I know we've talked about flipped learning before and teachers creating their own content. And it's a great platform to do that, really. Um, yeah. So that you you can... And there's loads out there. I, if you go on, and I, I teach um, A-level philosophy and ethics, and if you, if you go on to YouTube and type it in, there are so many teachers who have created... Uh, 10, 15 minute videos covering the topics that we're looking at. So it's yeah. a nice way to. For for my students, I, t- I tend to make a playlist. Yeah. Uh, you can also set the playlist to have the setting where students can add their own videos to the playlist. So I encourage them to to contribute to the playlist. So that for every topic, there there is a playlist um, because we know kids learn in different ways. Yeah. From their notes, um, f- when they're revising, and also from. From revision audio, videos and stuff, yeah,
1: videos. yeah. And and one of the things that we've used, we've used Crash Course Philosophy for that, haven't we, Dan? And a lot of our students love that. And in fact, I think um, I've talked about this about one of my epiphany moments to to getting into involved with technology was about YouTube. It was about a student who came in, who was in Year Thirteen, an A Level student, uh, seventeen, and he 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 basically carboshed my lesson because I had this this amount of content that I was going to deliver because I was the expert, and he um, he told us. Everything that was that was on this video that he'd watched the night before on YouTube, and it was like, wow, um, maybe we need to rethink how how we deliver content in a classroom and um, and Crash Course and there's loads of TEDx videos on there Khan Academy, loads of inspirational and motivational stuff. And there's a lot of cat videos. Let's be honest, kids kids are going to love gonna... a cat video, though, especially <laughs> one that plays the piano. Yeah, cat, cat, <laughs> cat videos and people falling over and and all them kind of things that, that that are funny. I suppose I suppose it's embracing this this idea that students have got to understand that what you're trying to deliver in a classroom and 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 give them some parameters and understand I i suppose it's a behavior for learning conversation as well we've had this conversation i think before teaching students what boundaries are acceptable and what like just like you wouldn't accept uh certain behaviors in your classroom you wouldn't accept certain behaviors on youtube so so i suppose there's something in that too
0: yeah, so if you check that out, if, you, if you're doing something different to what we've said, or you're doing something that we've said really well, let us know about it and we'll we feature it on the next episode.
1: I'll just do one last thing. Go I'm doing it. that thing that Dan does. Um, about, m- perhaps when you're creating it, we talked about curation quite a lot there, about creation. Get students creating their own videos. I suppose you've got to get permissions and all that kind of stuff, but get students creating their own stuff, even if you do that within your own domain, and, and use YouTube as their platform. That that creation of, a, of an authentic audience, we've talked about this quite a few times, where Students are having to produce it that other people are going to see. Uh, get the students creating videos using the effects on that. It's amazing. You'll find that students are. are- more talented than you would give them credit for and in fact a lot of the students are doing this already without you knowing about it so why not bring it into the classroom exactly. and
0: you can make it private as well so you just click when you're uploading clicked for it to be private then only people with the link can view it yeah like you say like yeah i've got students who who have had their own youtube channel since they're in primary school yeah obviously there might be some issues with that but they're doing it they're yeah. got, they're, they're do, they're, 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 they've got they've they got gaming youtube channels they've, they've got they've got the lot so yeah. it's what they're doing already yeah
1: so we uh, always talk to you about building your online PLN your personal learning network or your professional learning network and and People to follow on Twitter. One um, of the people that we're going to be talking about is a guy called Tony Vincent. He tweets at Tony Vincent. T O N Y V I N C E N T. He runs uh, an organisation called LearningInham.com, Loads of brilliant resources, particularly about design. So if any of you are struggling with making things look good, and you might, and a lot of teachers want to spend loads of time with fonts and with diagrams and with images, he teaches loads and loads of stuff there. he, he tweets that out quite a lot so go and look at tony
0: yeah another twitter user that we want to recommend is eric kurtz uh, at eric kurtz and he his website is controlaltachieve.com. Uh, yeah he tweets lots uh loads of uh, tech tricks and creates loads of little hacks uh, for things to do with edtech tools so a nice little follow there get following eric kurtz thanks for joining us it's been a good one it's been great to chat yeah, really yeah. Um, and then kind of do some uh, do some imag- imagination yeah like a bit of um, reflection
1: isn't it yeah and like we've had we've had lots of guests on and when that's coming back up we're going to be having more guests coming up in the next few weeks but we just wanted to take a little bit of time out of that schedule to, to think about um, about something that really matters to us I've got to remind you that we have got the Edutech Summit coming up on June the 29th, so please book in for that and uh, get the early bird discount before May the 1st if you're listening before then. £50 right. for the day.
0: Yeah, and uh, also get get following us on Facebook, Facebook forward slash Edutech Project, on Twitter at The Edutech Pro. Our website is www.theedutechproject.com, and to get to the podcast uh, forward slash podcast
1: and on there there is show notes with links to all the things that we've been talking about some of the reports that we've been talking about we put in there in our show notes too do 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 get in touch we we, we love to hear from listeners and uh, if you've got ideas for what you want coming up in the show uh, any any people that you think we'd love to you'd love to interview whether you want to be on the show then do do get in contact with us we'd love to hear from you
0: leave a review and you could be in with a chance to win an Edutech t-shirt how cool that yeah Thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, it's been a good one, Dan. See you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, and one last thing I just want to say before we we end this conversation. I think a lot of people worry, especially when we're talking about educational technology and we're big advocates for devices in the classroom, that we're going to turn out where students are in a classroom and they're just going to be looking at laptop screens yeah yeah, yeah, and it's and it's do you know what i mean it's going to be like rows of students just looking at laptop screens almost like they're plugged into the laptop themselves and that's not that i think hopefully that from what we're saying that's not what we're advocating i think we we're saying that the device should assist students but it but it it shouldn't it shouldn't be a complete it shouldn't captivate them completely, but it should be there because it's gonna be there in the future future workplace for them they're gonna have access to all that there's no way there's gonna be a job where the like you said before ben where the the manager's gonna say you can't use google for this mm. it's crazy it's absolutely crazy you can't yeah. use a calculator for this is what they might have said twenty years ago <laughs> like, it's just it's not gonna happen and um and one, one last thing I want to say is from that. Another last thing. Another last <laughs> thing. I'm coming into land, Ben. <laughs> um, the Economist report talked about that ICT skills are no longer an option. Yeah. They're basic skills for operating in society. And I think the sooner we, we grasp that, the sooner that it has to come into the classroom. Sweet. Dan, how goes that? How good does that chat? <laughs> I love that. I love that stuff. I love. I love imagining it. It's, it's a cool place to be, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we need. I think we need this environment, don't we? Where we mm. can actually say, "What about this? What about that?" You know, like one in a one in a hundred, we might go. That's a brilliant idea. Let's yeah. let run with that. But we wouldn't have got to that great idea unless we'd have come out with all of the the not so great ideas first. Yeah, yeah, true. And just having that environment, and again us us saying this is is what happens in companies Mm. and how does that then filter down in education are we letting our kids make mistakes are we letting them fail are we as teachers are we failing in front of students and not just failing small like i forgot to turn the projector on but actually are we getting to the end of a week or two weeks and thinking that didn't work this unit of work hasn't worked (laughs) And actually, being honest with the kids, so that they can see failure mm. and, and, exp- and,
1: and and understand that it's not the failure isn't the end yeah. unless you stay in the failure, is it? So that it's that that cheesy phrase "failing forward," isn't it? And trying to find well, what was good out of it, what, and what didn't work, what will I not do again?
0: Yeah. And all the entrepreneurs, all of the um, the innovators, the successful ones that anybody's heard of, have you will hear that of their success, but you won't hear of the ninety nine failures that have gone before. True. Cool. Should we talk about YouTube, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> we can cut that last bit off. Because we kind of went into a failure thing, didn't uh, t- 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 I could I add it I on that that to the end. You what? I could add that little bit on to the end of the yeah. podcast. As I,
1: I, I, I was wondering where you... Were, I, I, I thought you were just going to press a thing because we were carrying on about YouTube.